Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Summit Podcast. Hello, my name is Toby. I'm Kemper, and uh, today we are going to talk about the newly announced Sony FX3, which we Indeed. talked about the rumors about a few weeks ago, and it's it's out now. It is. It's also a uh, exciting-ish new lens hitting the market. A, uh, a lens that I had. Two years ago, except it was Tamron, not Sigma, <laughs> and had five extra millimeters of zoom. But So it's an, a funny lens. We'll get to that in a second. But um, before we jump into that, um, we would uh, love it if you would hit that like button. Um, it really helps us with this channel. I mean, as long as you like it. I mean, if you... Yeah. If you really don't, then then where you don't have to, but it's sad. It's, it's sad if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then uh, um, subscribe for... Camera content, photography content, outdoor content. Mm-hmm. We promise outdoor content is coming. It is the winter. It, it is. It is the winter. <laughs> it's the second COVID winter. And just like last time, it's not super easy to get out. But this time, it's partially the weather's fault, not just Yeah, yeah it's partially the weather's fault. Yeah. So, um, but we do promise that, that we're going to get back to summit bidding at some point. At some point. At some yeah. point it's going to happen. But until then, we're going to talk about new cameras and lenses. Let's go ahead and talk about the new lens first because I feel like this will be a little quicker. So Cigna, Sigma, excuse me, has announced a 28 to 70 f2.8 FE lens um, selling for $899 and it is in Sony E mount and Leica L mount. Mm. And I don't get it. <laughs> well, it is a big deal if you shoot. L mount. Yeah, it is a huge deal if you shoot L mount. And actually, I saw one of the videos that um, I saw um, for the launch of this lens was uh, the Snapchick. Um, she had it used it on her um, like a SL two, I think. SL. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it, I mean that was great. I mean, I think that would be the the combination that would be fun with this lens. For sure. Um, but I don't quite get why Sigma pushed this particular lens out. I mean, I understand wanting to compete with with Tamron and their small light 28 to 75, but they already have a 2470 that's super sharp. Yeah, I felt like that was the lens that competed with Right, with yeah, I mean... Um, but yeah, I, I owned the Tamron 28 to 75 f2.8 for... It was my only lens, actually, for like six months, seven yep, months. And I owned one as ago. well back when I was shooting Sony, so... Yeah, it's a fantastic lens. It is. It's, um, I mean, it was a great little lens. The The deal breaker for me with it was always 28 millimeters being the widest it would go. Uh, and that is the same trade-off you're making with this lens. It's just, it's an annoying, it's annoying to stop at 28 mil, I guess. It's it just feels annoying. Right. It is such an interesting thing how, how much a difference four millimeters makes. Um, as you, the wider you get, mm-hmm. um, and this happens, I mean, the difference between 16 and 14 is even more, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So like Nikon and, and Sigma have their 14, 24s mm-hmm. and now Sony has their 12 and I'm sure 14 to 12, I've never shot 12. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure it feels even more, um, from 14 going out to 12 with Sony's, uh, 12 to 24, two, eight G master. But it is it is a difference. I mean, people are like, oh, four millimeters, that's no big deal. And it's not a big deal on the other end. Mm-hmm. Like the 70 to 75, I'm like, yeah, don't worry about that. You won't mm-hmm. even see that. But the uh, the the 28 to 24, mm-hmm. which is um, f- just four millimeters, it's, it's a big deal. Well, and there is a small detail with 20, uh, 28 versus 24 that 
I don't know if it really matters to you or not. Actually, let us know in the comments if it does matter to you. But 28 is the focal length of the standard lens on or the field of view of a standard lens on a smartphone. Yeah, there's some debate um, about that. Um, some people say that it's um, 30. I've heard it's even wider. Like, But mm -hmm. I think that sure the average is 28. Different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just feel like 24 gives you that big camera look a little bit more it does um, just yeah. kind of it, you've got the stretched corners a little bit more um it just has a very pleasing look i mean as far as just a general stills lens my 28 75 was maybe one of my favorites i've ever had i shot arches with that lens yeah um and then uh, i got my some of my favorite photos there i've ever taken and then um, I took quite a few photos. It, it had a really great minimum focusing distance. Did you see in the videos what the minimum focusing distance on Sigmas is? I did not. I only watched um, the Snapchicks uh, video, um, which did the, the Leica. Um, it looks like the, let's see if there's a link to get it here on, on B&H. Uh, the minimum focusing distance was really good on that Tamron. And that was uh, uh, one of the things that made me really uh, uh, respond positively to that lens. I, I did end up kind of getting frustrated with it because of the 28, but... 7.5 inches or 19 centimeters. That doesn't impress me as particularly great. I I don't think that's great at all, actually. 7 um, inches. Let's see. Yeah, 7.5 inches or 19... No, that's not... That's not the conversion. It says 7.5 inches. That's what it says on, on B&H. I'm wondering if that's a... Okay, well, let me pull up uh, Tamarons uh, here and take a look at that. That is that is not great. Because I feel like uh, what's uh, the minimum focusing distance on this is 19 centimeters. So it's 7.8. 7.5 with the quotation marks, which I think means inches. Well, we'll just say 19 centimeters because that we can, it well, just that, says CM. So it does mean they're the same then. It means they're the same. So I guess that is pretty good then. So they literally just wanted the exact same yeah. specs. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's now that we look like idiots for not, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure we'll just, you know, the 19 centimeters makes sense to people. Um, and once again, I, I, I don't always understand why in the United States we continue to use this, hard to convert and understand uh, system of measurement, but we do. So there you go. It is 7.4 inches. Honestly, I'm shocked um, that it's that far out. Cause when I used the Tamaron, um, I, it felt like you could just get right up on top of stuff. Yeah. So interesting. Um, I guess that's the, the focal length, the 28 mil, it, you know, being a little bit more punched in, but then all the way out at 75, you can get pretty close to yeah, so yeah. I mean, it doesn't. It's not. A, it's not variable. From. So yeah, it probably at seventy five. It feels. It feels pretty tight. So, mm -hmm. all yeah. right. So um, anyway, um, I'm sure a lot of people will get this lens. Uh, like I said, I I don't feel it because the Sigma twenty four seventy is how much eleven hundred, right? Mm -hmm. So I mean, I guess that's um, uh, three hundred, right? Three hundred dollars for twenty four mil. Oh, you're paying two hundred. 200. Yeah, 200 for 24 mil and probably a little bit better image quality. Um, the That Sigma 24 to 70 on Sony has been, you know, the superior lens compared to the G Master. 
2470. It's smaller, it's lighter, it's sharper. Um, it, I don't think it has stabilization. Either of them don't. And honestly, uh, Sigma stabilization is legendarily horrible. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that I've ever used a Sigma lens with stabilization that's been particularly good. Um, Tamron mm-hmm. stabilization is really good. Um, so Well, and now with uh, the IBIS, I don't think actually any of these lenses have stabilization in, in them. So yeah, uh, they're yeah. just using the sensor stabilization in the camera, which does provide some flexibility with uh, size and weight size and weight like the 24 to 70 f4 that i'm using uh from nikon right now Mm. like i don't maybe you could make it that small uh but you'd have to compromise image quality probably to make it as small as as that lens is because it's tiny it does have the fold up thing where it it's smaller it's kind of weird to describe if you don't know what I'm talking right. about, but you yeah. can make it smaller uh, when it, you're not actually shooting with the lens, which right. is really nice. And as stick well. it in your bag, and then you kind of clicks open. Mm-hmm. You have to um, turn the zoom ring to 24 mil. Uh, it's a really interesting uh, design, and that's something that uh, Nikon's done with a lot of their lenses, and no one else has done. Yeah, I mean, it is cool how how small and compact it is because that thing is really mm-hmm. small. So, and it's like an auto zoom lock too because it. it it takes a little bit of muscle to get it to actually zoom yeah, in. So that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so now probably on to the, the bigger news, which is the FX three has been announced. Um, and like, I don't remember exactly what we said on the podcast um, before. I think we were still, were we thinking it was going to be more like the a one or the S three? I think, on the podcast, we found out it wasn't going to shoot 8K. It was oh, basically okay. announced, like, or the rumor was leaked as we were talking about it, basically. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't shoot 8K, which isn't too surprising to me because I don't actually think very many professionals are begging for 8K. I think that's... Um, and Sony has it in a very professional camera if that's what you really want. Uh so it is literally an A7S III. If you want to know the specs on this camera, the image, the sensor, the processors, it's an S3. The card slots, card battery. Card slots, the battery. The only major difference that is is that it shoots um, that new cinema profile. Um, mm-hmm. I can't think what it's called. Uh, yeah, Cine Gamut 2 or something like that. Yeah, something, whatever it is. Uh, but they're S-Cinetone, adding... S-Cinetone, that's S-Cinetone. what it is. Yes. And they are adding that to the S3 in a firmware update, so... Yeah, that's that's the rumor. Um, I don't think Sony has said that officially, but it's on, like, some leaked marketing materials or something, so... Oh, interesting, okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it is really nice. It seems like it's actually similar to uh, basically a flat profile. It's something that gives you a little bit of grading capabilities without being a log right yes a lot of people are using it without grading is kind of what i'm seeing so um which is nice to not have to grade Mm -hmm. um so it's uh 38.98 so it's a little more expensive but it comes and so every all of the changes are um body changes body design changes and Mm -hmm. it comes with a handle with a preamp on it am i correct on that you are correct yes so and the body changes, honestly, are pretty darn cool. Um, mm. It it looks like a, a fat <laughs> 6600 um, yeah. or an A7C. Maybe an A7C is more accurate. But it's got a really cool um, flip screen design. 
that does, I think it's just a tilt flip screen. It doesn't do the, the like what we were saying that we're going to yeah. have the very angle thing. We thought it was going to be both because we didn't know at the time that it had a fan. Right. Which we'll get to in a second. Right. Um, it has uh, the the thumb, the, the autofocus selection uh, stick is on the top, which is interesting. But I guess in a way that you can hold it, it, uh, it allows you to use your thumb and hold it in a way that is um, more ergonomic for shooting video. So th- that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost wonder if it would work well for stills. That's a- another point. This thing still even shoots stills, uh, 12.2 megapixel stills. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting. Um, but it also seems like one of the most interesting things about this camera is that it's designed to not really need a cage. It has uh, three-quarter... Um, screw mounts all over it, uh, mm-hmm. three on the top and then one on each side. And then does it have multiple on the bottom or still just the one on the bottom? It yeah, just it just has, has the, the one, one on, on the, the bottom. bottom. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's and the, the uh, handle with the preamp on it that comes in the, in the box with it, uh, that uses two of them, but adds three more um, to the top of the handle. Wow. Um, okay, so cool. So there's lots of, of mounting points. I, I do... There is one kind of small frustration with them to me is it doesn't add like cold shoe or hot shoe mounts. Um, you still right. only just get the one. And I find that with the cages that we use, uh, the cold shoe mounts are some of the most useful things. Right. I mean, in theory, that's a pretty cheap uh, thing to buy from some from small rig. And it just mm-hmm. takes the one screw to do to put in normally. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is, you know, with, the thing on like small rig stuff though is like let's say that you have a small rig side handle. We have uh, two of them. You right. have the quick release one, and I have the wooden one. Right. You would not be able to screw this into this camera anywhere. Uh, so I don't even know. You'd have to put a cage on it to use the side handle. Right. Unless um, small rig is starts designing things specifically for my this guess camera. is they will. Uh, and I, mean, I guess that they will. I mean, I guess it depends on adoption rates, but my guess is that they will start designing them. But as of right now, you know, rigging this camera out the way maybe a lot of you guys might have your S3 rigged, kind of a standard stills hybrid rig, Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to struggle to get your attachments on this thing without buying a cage for it. Um, So I just think that that's an important thing to remember because I did hear a lot of people saying, oh, like it has the cage built in. And I'm like, well if I just wanted to port over my rig into this camera right now, I'd have to buy a new cage, either a whole new batch of accessories or a whole new cage, uh, to put around it. So, um, but it does seem like it has, I mean, the, the tally lights are really nice. Like a lot of people who maybe shoot mostly stills or, or something might see, think of having giant red button on the top that lights up and on the front and on the back. Uh, it's kind of silly, but it happens almost every shoot where I think I'm rolling and I'm not, or yes. I start rolling, forget I'm rolling, and then try yes. to start capturing something else, and you just stop the recording. For some reason, there is there really is something to, um, like when you're shooting stills and you have the shutter, like mm-hmm. it really does that. With video, like oftentimes it just is a little record button that goes up in the corner. Mm-hmm. And then finally with this camera... 
like it wraps around the screen. You have the big red light on the back and you can turn all of this off and then you have a tally light on the mm-hmm. front too. That's that to me is, is it's weird that that's innovation, but that is actually like as someone like mostly what I shoot is B roll and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, there's been so many times like I get where I'm shooting B roll and you get in and, a kind of a backwards rhythm mm-hmm. where you think you're recording and then you're not, you're actually turning it off mm-hmm. and then you're turning it on when you're actually putting it down. It's, you know, if, if you don't shoot video often, you would wonder how you could do that, but it, it definitely happens. Everyone <laughs> I've talked to does that, that exact thing with yeah. the uh, shooting the video. So, so that's really awesome. And officially this camera, as much as I, I maybe can get into some things I think are kind of wonky about it. If, if I had the budget to buy this camera or maybe two of them, mm-hmm. I would absolutely, this would be the camera I'd pick because it is video centric and video pointed and it has the features that I want. There is one caveat to this that I just don't understand the implications of, and that is the fan. And the fan could ruin this camera for me pretty quickly because... First of all, the A7S III doesn't have massive overheating issues to begin with. Mm -hmm. It's not like it's solving a huge issue that's there. I appreciate it. But how does that affect the weather sealing of this camera is my big question. Sony claims it doesn't. Sony claims it doesn't. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, no. uh, Sony actually claims that this is a maybe slightly more durable and weather sealed camera than the S3. Um, Interesting. And uh, in... Gerald Undone's video about it, he talks about that basically Sony says that it doesn't affect weather sealing. And what's more is that you can disable the fan and never use it at all. Um, you can just basically turn it into an, an S3, but mm-hmm. um, the fan basically gives you the capability of doing pretty much unlimited recording. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I saw something like 13 hours in 4K60, something like that. Yeah, something crazy like that, um, yeah. Which is awesome to have that that ability. Right. And it's like little things like I definitely do understand putting your thumb on the top of the camera for more stable stance and having those buttons there would be really nice. Uh, having the zoom rocker around the record button, excuse me, the shutter button uh, right. is also really nice uh, just Which, because clear image zoom is so useful. Right. Um, right. And it looks so good. So if you're using a 24, you can kind of get a 24 and a 35 out of it. Although the the um, the 4K is not going to hold up for too, too long. Right, because uh, you're such a low-resolution sensor. Such a low-resolution yeah. sensor. So um, I I really appreciate a lot of the, the body changes. And I also really liked the 6600, and it's very similar to that. Uh, the loss of the viewfinder... I'm mixed on it. Some people feel like it's a huge deal. I hardly ever use my viewfinder. I'm well, like I don't think very many video shooters do use a viewfinder. Yeah. And to me, so I guess that that transitions into kind of talking about like like kind of wondering what what uh, Sony's doing here because um, I almost have to wonder why on the S3, considering that. 95 to 99% of people who buy the S3 are mainly shooting video mm-hmm. and oh, then we'll yeah. shoot stills to get thumbnails, right? I mm-hmm. mean, that that's kind of what it is, is to, to get thumbnails for the videos you're shooting with it, right? Mm-hmm. So I have to wonder why, why Sony released the S3. I mean, 
like they have the that huge viewfinder in it, which is great, which the high, super high, um, isn't it like 9 million dot EVF or something yeah, crazy it's, like it's that, huge, right? huge, super nice. Yeah. Right. But most people are paying for that when they buy the S3 and they're not even, they're not probably not using it or not, not very many people. I know some people shoot video with the viewfinder and if you do, please leave a comment and, and tell us why and mm -hmm. be, I'd be very I interested mean, to know kind of what, what kind of workflow. I mean, I guess in theory you can get more stable mm -hmm. shooting. I mean, that's probably the, the main thing. But the, the truth is, is that, you know, in the context of, sh of shooting video, like it just doesn't, um, it seems easier just to use the back screen. Oh, yeah. Well, I think a lot of it is that when you're shooting video, I like to be a little bit more, like this may sound strange, but I like to be out of the camera a little bit more where I can see what's happening around. So like if I'm panning into something, I want to be able to kind of see what I'm panning into or or what's going on around me so I know what to shoot. Uh, because mm, in the same clip, mm -hmm. you may want to go capture that over there. Uh, the other thing I think is that uh, just holding the camera down kind of lower and pushing your elbows into your body is a really great way to get stable footage. And right. the the screen is, is really excellent for that workflow. I appreciate that the viewfinder is a good way to do it, but... Um, I certainly haven't seen a huge trade-off. And then just you start adding attachments to the camera, like you start yeah. using the hot shoe uh, on the camera and it gets miserable to use a viewfinder. Like right. you're just, you're, you're messing with your microphone. Uh, the top handle is you're like bumping your head on it. Like it's, it's, you start building out your camera and the viewfinder gets awkward really quickly. Right. Um, just to even use. So it makes sense to me that they removed that. Um, I know it's kind of funny. Black magic added one sort of, it's a paid addition. So right. you don't have to get it, but right. And Sony released a camera that removes it, but it really just, I'm sure that if you're shooting out, if you're shooting like snowboarding and it's super bright or something, maybe you'd really want that, but you can always get one and mount it on there. That's what you really need. Yeah. I, yeah, I, so I really, I do, I'm super curious as to what, because if I, if we had like, let's say for instance, last fall, you had bought an A7S three, mm -hmm. you'd probably be frustrated right now because this like is an improvement in nearly every regard for a video shooter, right? Mm -hmm. Like, is there, is there something on the S three that you're like, oh man, that I might, other than the EVF, which we just talked about that you might be like, oh man, I don't know. Honestly, probably not. Uh, the weather ceiling was the main thing I was thinking of, but if it actually doesn't affect it, right? Uh, then, then no, I, I, I would pick this camera over that one, especially right. if it's even technically more weather sealed. Like that just makes it even a better deal. Right. It comes with the handle and the preamp. It's a little more expensive, but not enough more to really, um, it's like about $300 more, mm -hmm. something like that. So, yeah, I mean, I just, it, it, it seems weird that, that Sony is, is, I mean, they've done this before. Um, it felt a little bit like when the original A9 came out and then the R3 came out a few months later and everyone was like, I mean, most people were like, well, why would I buy? But even that, it wasn't the same camera at all. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, a higher resolution camera. didn't have the, the really good silent shutter and all that. Mm -hmm. This is literally the same camera 
in a different, better box mm-hmm. coming out less than six months later. Or I guess, yeah, maybe slightly over. I was hearing some people say July. Oh, I, came out. the S3 was maybe announced, but people weren't, didn't have it in their hands until yeah. September. That's a so, good point. Yeah, because yeah. it was like September 22nd. I think that it, it it's interesting now also that Sony now has three different boxes with the same sensor in it. Uh, the FX6, the FX3, and the S3 all have essentially the exact same video specs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also interesting because it's literally like, before it made a lot of sense because you have the $6,000 monster camera with built-in NDs and all this stuff. And, and people that want the FX6 still want the FX6. I don't think the FS, the FX3 really changes that. Um, maybe it right. does for some people, but you're probably buying the uh, the FX6 for time code and you're buying the FX6 for the built-in NDs and you know that's what you're buying it for. So uh, right, right. It, it, you know, you're not too interested in this. Uh, but if you're buying an S3, like you're saying before, it's like, Hmm. So if I wait one more paycheck route or do one more shoot, I can get my preamp that I would really like to have. Right. Um, and I should probably have anyway, I can get the tally lights and, uh, the fan, I guess, to avoid overheating. Although the S3 was pretty good with that to begin with. Right. More Um, ergonomic, video oriented body. And like, like you said, small rig could maybe do some incredible things with not needing the cage since the cage is built in. So I think that they really hurt the S3 with this. What may happen is, is the S3 within six months to a year may end up being more like 3000 or just under 3000. Well, that's what I'm, so what I, that's what I was just going to ask. I think that there's going to be a flood of S3s on the market because I think if you're making a living with your S3 right now, mm-hmm. you're probably like, this gives me a lot of things that I want. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm listing it. Like it's yeah. worth the, taking the hit to get some of these features. Like I'm sure um, that, that there is, there's some of that going on. Oh yeah. I mean, that's where I would be at with the, if I had bought an S3 last fall, that's where I would be at. And it, it's really difficult to see a world where I would buy the S3 over this camera unless the S3 was like $1,000 less. Right. So. Well, but here's the thing. Maybe it will be. <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, I don't think anytime super soon, but I think that there's going to be S3s available. Mm. I think if you keep your eyes out, they're going to be, um, and I by summer, they may be sub three. I could see them being sub three mm-hmm. um, used. Um yeah. And, you know, maybe even the odd new one, because I just, from now on, who's buying the, I mean, like we said, from, from this point forward, if you haven't bought the S3, but you were in the market for it, well, well, why not this? Mm-hmm. I, unless that $300 means the, on the EVF means the world to you. But mm-hmm. if you're a video shooter who takes, you know, stills for thumbnails or just occasional stills, this seems like a far superior, better designed body. And honestly, for me, what I like, the, the thing that excites me about this is that it's nice to see a new body design out of Sony. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's some of it that is same old Sony. Like, it's maybe a little on the small side, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And, the you know, all that. But they've really done some ergonomic thing and design things that it's nice to see because Sony has just kind of been in this endless mm-hmm. cycle of recycling old bits and and not really changing or innovating with their their body design Mm -hmm. 
And so, you know, it means that like sometime in the future, they're probably going to have a, a more innovative stills camera design. Who knows when that will be? Um, mm-hmm. And that's something we can also transition into talking about a little bit is that this kind of, what does this do to the Sony roadmap a little bit going forward? Because they had two professional camera codes registered. Mm-hmm. They have five total cameras registered. This is one of those five, mm-hmm. but two that had the professional level Wi-Fi. So we've got one more probably pro-ish camera mm-hmm. coming out soon. I think a lot of people were thinking that those two cameras could be the A7R5 and the A7 IV. With the A7 IV, does this mean that the A7 IV is, is, the, is, that, is that last one? It's the one that makes the most sense, but I think it's also the one that's the trickiest to spec. It, it's it's going to be fascinating to see what they do with that. I feel mm-hmm. like the, the A7R5 is probably going to be a dumbed-down version of the A1. Yep. Um, it's going to shoot 8K. It's going to be an R5. It's going to be an R5, It's yeah. not going to have the back-illuminated sensor with 30 frames a second, but it's going to have 61 megapixels, 8K, updated body. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's yeah, the camera I don't, I don't know what that, else. That's the camera that, like, m- most people are waiting for. I mean, that's the camera right. people really, really want. I mean, videographers are obviously really excited, but these aren't really hybrid cameras. That's that's the issue with the S3 and this camera. I feel like this camera is the thing that makes sense. I think I, I've even said a few times, like, does it make sense to even make an S3? Why not just make a video centric camera that basically is an S3, but doesn't stay in the alpha line of cameras? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I've said that on a past podcast or no, I've had that thought process because we used to kind of talk about, well, will Sony even release an S3? Because it took them five years. It took them way too long. Um, to release an S3. And this camera feels like the more sensible move for that. A camera that can shoot stills if you really want it to. But the purpose of an S3 is to shoot video. And this camera just uh, basically and reinforces that idea. Right. So the R5 is the actual hybrid camera. And the A7 IV is the actual hybrid camera. The A7R5, not the Canon R5. This yes, is going to get very confusing, folks. <laughs> Well, uh, we had considered calling it the A7RV or the RV because there will be Roman numerals. (laughs) Right. Uh, So we may have to do that. We may have to. Um, But yeah, I think the the A7 IV being right on on the horizon, I think we talked about a couple weeks ago that my theory is that it's not going to have a flip screen, Mm -hmm. um, that um, it's going to have the exact same body as the R4. So... You know, no additional dial, no flip screen. Um, that it will probably shoot um, 4K 60 for video, um, but that it's still primarily going to be aimed at photographers, mm-hmm. um, which is a huge market. I mean, you know, like people right now get kind of all in a tizzy about video things, but the the stills photographers are oftentimes the ones who still shell out the cash, particularly for that level mm-hmm. of uh, of camera, that particular slot. Mm-hmm. So well, and also because a little bit of the video specs, we have to be honest. The video specs everyone's freaking out about, 4K 120 and 8K, they're party tricks as much as they're anything else. 
they're not like right. on the ground making videos. What do you need to make every video better? Uh, right. You know, you unless you're doing very specific things, you don't need those two features. So if if I mean the four K the the four K one twenty is I would say more usable than the eight K. Oh, certainly more usable than the eight K. Um, but your camera still shoots 1080, 120, and like people shoot ads with that. Like Daniel Schiffer, if you want to watch some of his older stuff, he's made incredible looking videos with uh, 1080, 120. Right. Um, and the 4K 120 is really, really nice. It's not like, oh, that's a bad thing. It's just you kind of need to be specialized into needing that because 4K 60 gives you a lot of the advantages um, of being able to smooth out your footage a little bit, slow things down a little bit. It's mm. easier to find subjects that are moving at a speed that 60 frames per second looks good with. 120 has an issue of making things too slow oftentimes. Um, yeah. And that's something a lot of people don't really think about, but if you're shooting like someone running in 120 frames per second, they're moving so slow, it's really boring. Right. Um, but right. 60 frames per second, you're going twice as fast. Right. Well, and, and 60 frames a second, I feel like has a more, like it blends in more. It's not obviously slow motion. Mm -hmm. See, to me, that's one of the things that I like um, about more slow-mo B-roll, unless there's a specific reason, is that the non-obvious slow motion, like it's it, it slows it down. It makes it more ethereal and, and impactful, but it's mm -hmm. not like, oh, wow, it's slow-mo. Whereas like the 120 is absolutely slow-mo. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of blend them, I feel like, more. And then also some people actually shoot 4K60, you know, all of their content in 4K60 mm -hmm. um, or in 60 frames a second, 1080 or whatever. They mm -hmm. have been up until now. It's becoming more readily available. So I definitely agree with you there. Um, so, yeah. But what do you think is going to be on the a 7 I think it's going to be... I think they're going to put 4K60 in it. They have to. Yeah. All of the competition has 4K60 in it. And I actually think there's a good chance that it actually is going to be the best camera, the best video camera anyway. Um, of, of that the, level? Of that so level. So better than the R6 and the Z6? So here's what I here's what I think it's going to have. I think it's going to combine the 10-bit internal and the full-frame 60p maybe all the, it may have an APS-C crop but it's going to combine those two things with the Z6's not overheating um, and the S5's not overheating and that that combination will likely poke it above those other cameras mm. now it's not enough to make me switch if they put 4k 120 in it and, and i know i was just calling it a party trick and now i'm saying i would switch for it but if they added all of those things really important things and they added the flip screen and 4k 120 that would get tricky to deny right uh that that's a really good camera the the tricky thing for Sony is, is that camera, if you put 4K 120, if you put 10-bit, if you put some of these features in it, it will really hurt the a7S III even more than the a7S III has been hurt by the FX3. That's right. Well, and then 
like the A7C also has to come into consideration here. Mm-hmm. Like to me, it just makes sense from if you if I'm if I'm a Sony exec right now, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, the A7C is your vlogger's camera. It has the flip screen. It's more compact. It doesn't shoot 4K 60 or any of that stuff, but it has the flip screen, and it's an A7 III, which is still a very capable video camera, mm-hmm. um, and except it has your flip screen. Then you have the S3, which also has a flip screen, but that gives you your more video-centric features. You put the the S4, I mean, not the S4, <laughs> the A7 IV in the middle there, mm-hmm. and it is... Um, it, it's more stills focused. It doesn't have the flip screen. So you either need to go down or up to get the flip screen, mm-hmm. but it has 4k 60. So you can shoot video with it, but it just, to me, that makes more sense than being like, Oh, well let's make both of these cameras much more irrelevant for most people by putting this right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Like it just doesn't, to me, it doesn't add up. I mean, you know, it may add up to other people, but if it is adding up to you, you maybe you should consider whether it's because that's what you really want. I mean, obviously what everyone wants is the a seven four to have a flip screen. And, you know, at one point people were saying it probably was going to shoot 4k 120, and you know, that would be awesome, but I just don't think it makes sense. I think sense. if Sony waits another year, it probably does. That's true. Now. And I don't want to say they're going to wait another year because I think that I may be proven wrong really soon. <laughs> Um, <laughs> foot in mouth immediately. Uh, but I'm going to say that if right now you're looking at that last pro body and you're saying, well, that has to be the a7 IV, it might not be yep. because the a7 III, well, and, and then I have one other point to make about the a7 IV, but I, if it's going to have mind-blowing video specs, it doesn't make sense to put 4K 120 in it right now. If they do, I may be really happy because it's going to be a $2,300 camera that shoots 4K 120, and a lot of people like me. I'm not saying I would necessarily 100% switch. I'm just saying right. that would be a camera that would really make people like me really happy because right. it's a cheap camera that basically has the specs that the FX3 does. Right. Um, and, uh, and that would be great. But the other thing that... But, you know, you can't release that right after it. If you release it in a year, that looks okay. The other thing with the a7 IV that I think everyone needs to keep in the back of their head is there's a decent chance that it's more of a stills-focused upgrade than a video-focused upgrade. Right, like I was kind of saying, yeah. yeah. Like you were saying. And what that could look like is a 36-megapixel camera, 30, 36-megapixel camera, with no flip screen and 4K 60p with an APS-C crop. Now, oh, APS-C crop. APS-C crop. Now, what that means is, and, and it may shoot like 10 bit and all that stuff, which would be really cool. But what that would kind of position the A7 IV into is more of this, more of a baby R. V or A7R5. Right. It's more of a of a stills upgrade because all the other camera companies spent the last two generations getting their video specs put together. I mean the S1 and then the S5, it was kind of putting things together as this video stills hybrid camera. Uh Canon releases the R6, it's got a 20 megapixel sensor. 
mm-hmm. and it's $2,500 and it shoots 4K 60. And the, the big issue with that camera is, is that it has overheating, but it shoots 10 bit and all that stuff. And then Nikon added 4K 60 into the Z6 II. So they're all focusing on, on that side of things and right. what they could Video. do to really shake things up is all of a sudden release a camera that has just more pixels, more megapixels for still shooters. And I think yep. a lot of hybrid shooters would go for that, honestly. I, I think so too. If you're a hybrid shooter, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I think that for some reason, people maybe are looking at it like that's going to be a video-centric body. I, I just, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I think, think I think stills makes more sense. I think upping it to 30, 36 megapixels makes a lot of sense. Well, it also would help the uh, it would help the A7R five make sense because they they're missing that forty megapixel sweet spot. I'm not saying they're going to make it forty two megapixels. If they did, that would be really cool. What if but, they do? I mean, I mean, I'm just thinking out loud at this point. But does that make sense? Like, you know, the R three is their last forty two megapixel body. What if the A7 IV? What if that's what it is? It's it's a forty two megapixel like standard camera. Mm-hmm. That would make a lot of people very excited. Like you can get a brand new camera for twenty twenty five hundred, um, two thousand to twenty five hundred, and for forty two megapixels, it basically replaces the R three is what it replaces. And uh, in some ways, that makes a ton of sense. Shoot ten frames a second, and then replace the A seven C in a year and right four K sixty four K sixty or whatever. That. Yeah, that. I mean, it makes sense. It could be. I I think that that's. It's something to look out for is that 42 megapixel or 36 somewhere in there. Yeah. A7 yeah. because I think that makes sense. I mean, really, when you look at their lineup, what is Sony behind on? They're behind on low-end video-ish, ish, but they're really behind on the, the, the mid-high-tier uh, stills camera because yeah. the R3 is kind of filling that void. It is. It is. Um, and it's that's an old camera now right. at this point. So, so interesting. I, I also think that there, I would not be shocked if it's the A7R5. And I, I say that looking at the history of both of the, the last three, the last two A7R cameras were both surprises when they, when it was another camera was supposed to be being announced. The, the uh, A7R3 was announced when everyone thought the A7 III was going to be announced. Like mm-hmm. everyone, it was an in the in the in the bag thing, and then we still had to wait until um, April ish to be announced, and then June release for the A7 III past that. Mm-hmm. And then the R4, everyone was sure it was the the S uh, the S3. Oh, um, yeah, it I came out that. of nowhere, and I'm like, I remember calling it, being like, "What do you want to make about this is random A7R4?" And that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, and you know, that makes a lot of sense for Sony too, because that R5 is out there, um, mm-hmm. way cheaper than the A1, you know, kind of lurking around, um, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it makes sense for them to kind of match well, that level too. And to some degree, the, uh, the Z7 two is also, I think being a presence because of how affordable it is. It's uh, just three thousand dollars. So Z seven right. 
twos there and shoots 4K 60 and stuff that's kind of holding over as a hybrid camera. And and that is something that I, I can't help but wonder is how hybrid Sony's wanting to do their cameras because they yeah. have these video-focused cameras, now a very fleshed-out line of video-focused cameras. Yeah, um, really nice line, yeah. Do you put... Like, I, I literally told someone, like, the A7R 5 has to have 4K 120 in it because the R5 has 4K 120 in it. But I do feel like that causes problems with their lineup's cohesion. If <laughs> It does. If that camera does... Every does has the resolution, but more of the A1, right? Is a much better hybrid camera than the S3 and the FX3, right? But has all of the essential specs. The the you you put a piece of paper on the table and does this camera have 4K 120? Yes, this camera and this camera and this camera and this camera all have 4K 120. They all have 4K 60, and you know maybe that camera has overheating problems or something like. A, a camera which will remain nameless right. um but i i'm wondering if it's just going to be 4k 60 uh in the in a7r in, in the 5. a7r5 yeah and but if it isn't like the thing of it is is if it is it's great for people who want the a7r5 but is it great for sony as a whole if they're under if they continue to undermine different camera models i mean you we can get into that conversation nonstop like if it really matters to undermine camera models but right yeah yeah I, like at that point that camera could undermine three of their pro bodies the ace of an r5 could so yeah it could yeah the the a1 the s3 and the fx3 and the fx3 yeah so oh right well that's probably um all we have today this little discussion about sony and its future and all of this stuff uh do you have anything else for us um, I, I am really curious to see. We're just going to have to wait and see for yeah. Sony. That's so um, later this week, um, we're recording this on, on Wednesday. On Friday, uh, Nikon's going to have an announcement of some kind. It really no one knows. Um, I think, uh, you know, we're both curious. You know, some people think it's going to be the A1 competitor. Some people think it's going to be an, a higher resolution Z body. Some people think it's just going to be lenses and no body at all, um, or an APS-C that's been thrown out there—a a, pro-level APS-C, like oh, a D five hundred type thing that's out there. Um, so that'll be interesting. We'll probably be talking about that a lot next week. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then there's going to be there definitely is going to be new lenses. Um, Sony also, you know, a little more Sony news. There's a uh, a fifty one two on the horizon, which makes a ton of sense. They're the that's an obvious gap in their uh mm -hmm. in their line um not a lot going on with canon yet but i'm sure there will be at some point this year so yeah for sure do you want to make a uh a, a nikon prediction just so we can compare i think my if, if right now if you made me say i think it's either a development announcement on their pro level body to come out this fall but it's a development announcement or it's um it's the high resolution body. I'm leaning towards the development announcement on their pro level body because mm -hmm. that would make sense. There's no camera codes registered. I don't think, I mean, there's possible. Um, mm -hmm. But what I think is that they're going to say like, Hey, we're coming out with a Z nine probably, or a Z one, something like that. Um, I think they're going to say, Hey, we're coming out with this. It's coming out this fall. It's going to be really cool. And maybe kind of show a little bit what the body design looks like. 
and then that that's going to be that. And then I also think there's going to be a 100 to 400 announced and um, and possibly the 24 to 105, 2.8 to 4. Okay. So that's maybe my rough uh, rough predictions, but I guess we'll see. I I am... I wonder... I, I think that in the end, my my uh, my guess is going to be the same. If I, if I really had to say and wanted to be right, but since you said that, I'm going to say the high resolution body makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it looks like Canon's coming out with one. Yep. Uh, Sony's maybe releasing their Ace of an R5, and that's going to have a, a higher resolution sensor for sure. Yeah. Oh well, um, they mean they do. They do um, use them twice. It seems like I guess the sixty-one still sixty-one is, is still high. Yeah. Um, so you know they're both going to have higher sensors resolution, and I don't know if Nikon really wants to be behind a ton in that particular spec. That's like right, considering how much stills like is their main deal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I think that could happen. The other thing, this is more wishful thinking, maybe, but. Uh, it could be just trying, it may be in conjunction with their new pro body, but just trying to throw out 4K 120 or 8K on a Nikon Like a Nikon S3? Well, I mean, that's my. That's what I really want them to announce. I want a weather-sealed Oh, man, that'd be so interesting. S3. It'd be uh, so interesting Nikon. for Nikon to do an S3 because they don't have a cinema line to cannibalize at all. Like, they can mm. put whatever they want and they're not... They're not hurting anything. So yeah, we're repeating ourselves from last week. I do want that camera, but I don't think it's coming. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think so either. I, I think it's it's. Uh, I think if it's high video specs, it's that the Z1 or Z9 shoots high quality video, and Nikon just wants to say, coming from a press release that's theirs, 8K, and that's they just yeah. want to say it so that people don't look at them as as. Uh, Totally behind. Totally yeah. behind. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's more what I think in the video direction that they may just want to get it out there yep. that they have those features. Yep. That's so. what I think it's going to be. I really do think it's going to be the development announcement. A lot of the stats the stats will be held back, but it's not uncommon for Canon and Nikon to do a development announcement six months before the official announcement. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm looking for. All right. right. Well, um, we would love it if you would uh, hit the like button on this video and and subscribe. And if you're an iTunes listener, um, we also appreciate you. And, and, you know, if you could rate us on the iTunes store, that helps the podcast grow that way. It does. Um, And, you know, yeah. So that's a great way to get this. Um, We also got a request to get on Google Podcasts and we will be working uh, to get on Google Podcasts. Um, We're on Spotify already. So, um, and then we have the RSS feed, which you can subscribe into any, uh, podcast viewer. If you just copy and paste that RSS feed, it will work for any, uh, any podcast, you know, reader. So, all right, nice. All right. So, uh, thanks so much for listening and we'll see you on the next adventure. See you on the next adventure.